so good to God. He is just amazing, isn't he? That he has allowed you and I to come not only into his presence, but to have a relationship with him. This incredible invitation that the creator of the universe has extended to you and I. I'm glad you're here today. We're very blessed to be with you and uh, to just join together. I want to say a couple thank yous to you all uh, for the blessing last Sunday. Um, you guys responded amazingly. We were a little short on our water and chips and stuff, and you guys just hammered it and brought it in, and I'm so grateful, and for your help and serving, just to be able to put that together. It was amazing. There were so many people here. Um, like, we had the chairs down and barely fit everybody in this room when we came in together to start it off to pray at standing room. Uh, it was pretty awesome to have the bikes and the officers and just to pray and be together. It was an incredible time. 16 years of that, God's so good, so blessed by what you guys have done and what God's doing in and through that, so thank you. Second thing is, I want to, um, I, I uh, got in the midst of everything, and Heather came up and talked in the first service there, and I kind of forgot about uh, something else, which was all you ladies that were here yesterday, and I apologize. Yeah, the uh, awesome things that was going on here, and I'm grateful for, for you coming together for the Wings event, that's why there's names nailed to the cross in the the family tree over there that's the family of God and all that was happening yesterday morning and all your work so thank you to you ladies that did that as well and uh, I pray that God will continue to bless and and move in your life as we move forward in the first service we had uh, eight people that got baptized and it was uh, pretty awesome we had one whole family mom dad and three kids that were all baptized together uh, just a real thrill God is so good isn't he so amazing he's awesome in what he does yeah so we're so glad yeah man it's awesome it really is it's incredible so i know there's a lot of sickness going around sorry about all that stay away if you're sick stay home put yourself in a safe place don't get us sick uh we'll make it through all this stuff that's going on around us it's not a problem we trust jesus and he's got us he's amazing yes he is we're not a perfect church or perfect people you all know that right if you've been here for any, any length of time, you know that. We are here because we know we need God's help, and He's provided that help to Jesus Christ our Lord. That is something we share all the time with you, and we're grateful. As we go forward, and knowing what's happening, we have, uh, I have another wedding this afternoon, and then I have another one next Sunday afternoon. So I believe after next Sunday, we'll be at 14. Somebody else wrote me yesterday about doing another wedding, and so yeah, that's awesome. That's only from our church, and uh, members and all that good stuff so pretty cool what god's doing isn't it people are stepping in obedience and that's what we have to do god's asking us to come along on this journey with him and allowing him to lead us today as we come into the message that god has it's pretty awesome that you know i want you to know this that if um as the worship team they have a they call a creative team those that meet together they pray and they look and they set up the songs that are coming for like a month ahead of time in some churches, like um, this is, uh, their worship teams are are blessed to have better pastors than me, and they have uh, been given by their pastor, like, hey, this is where we're going over the next few months. So the message will be this kind of topic, and they give it to them. Like some some pastors have like a year out, you know, that's awesome. Uh, I'm happy for them. I've asked God to do that for me, but it doesn't work with me that way. Um, our tech team gets my notes at 6.30 on Sunday morning. That's the way that works for us, and that's where we're at. And so they're amazing, and they've learned to deal with this. So a little funny thing, I was met with some pastors this week, 
And, uh, you know, they were talking about how they had to set up and do stuff in last minute. And I'm like, well, I, our team does that all the time. So if they need any help, just contact them because they deal with me and they always have to do it last minute and they can make it happen. So if they need some help, they're going to reach out to them. But I'm saying that to you because as our team does this, I don't know what we're singing or anything till I get here with you and we see the songs go on the screens. And as we were singing through the worship songs today, it's just God's affirmation that he's in control and he has this. Because as we were singing these songs about the battle and the wars and, and the victory that's ours, it's exactly what God had given to me in, in my prayer time as I was going through the scriptures. The theme that he's bringing to us was what we were just singing to him and then looking into the scriptures. I'm saying that to encourage you today. God cares so much for you and me that he would line this up because he knows right where we are in our lives and what we need. He is so awesome. Perfectly detailed. He's incredible. So people that want to like, they're, if you're struggling maybe in your own mind, like, does God even know? Does he even care? Yes. He not only knows and he cares, he cares so deeply. <laughs> that when we're over here, at, you know, they usually they meet over at Justin and, and Heather's house. And they're praying and they're talking and they're thinking as they're putting songs in, God's like plugging things into their ears like do this, do this, and do this. And they have no idea where I'm at. I don't know where they're at. God's like, okay, it's Sunday morning. Dave, are you listening? Here's where we're going. Say this. And God brings us together in the church. And it just does this. It just goes together. He's amazing. I want to say that to you so that you understand but this isn't just a thing that's going on. It's not just a church time or a service. God is speaking and leading and moving. And he's doing this because he loves us. And he wants all of us to understand where he has us and what he has for us if we will embrace the fullness of who he is and what he's prepared for us. So as we do, let's go right into this and say, church, if you've been around the church at any length of time in your life, if you've been part of a small group or if you've listened to devotionals or you've read them, if you've done any of that stuff or even listened to the songs that we sing even today as, as a great example, we've heard sermons and messages throughout our lives about this topic, spiritual warfare and the armor of God. If you've been around the church, you've heard it, all right? Today, as we enter into this, I really feel strongly that God is asking us that have been around the church for a long time, or you've heard a lot about this, to just set that aside for a minute. Because, see, what happens is once we've been involved in something for a while, it's like the familiar scriptures, and we can kind of like go over that and say, yep, I've heard that. This is what that means. This is what this is. That's what, move on. And we kind of like blow over it because we've heard it enough. God's asking us today to revisit that without that step over, but to pause for a minute to get the fullness of what he wants to say to us today. Church, as we look in the scripture, I'm asking you and I'm inviting you to step into this with God for this moment only. Don't listen to the Bible notes on the bottom of your page. Don't go off in your own ideas. Or maybe you read a devotional yesterday about the armor of God. All right, put that out of your mind right now. Let's look at what God's saying to us. And we're going to look at that first section of Ephesians 6, verses 10 and 11. A final word. 
Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Church, just grab a hold of that. We were just singing about it. God's Word says, Be strong in the Lord. Not in Dave, not in my flesh, not in my abilities, not in my gifts, not in what I know. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Who is all-powerful? It is God. It's definitely not us. God is all-powerful. Be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. All the devil's strategies, church. You don't have to lose ever in a spiritual conflict. When the enemy comes against you to mess you up, you don't ever have to fall. That's biblical. Do you hear that? God says to us in His Word that if we stand in His power, how can the enemy defeat God? Church, it's right there. He tells us, be strong in the Lord's mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. We can't stand strong in our flesh. Many of us have tried. We can't stand strong in our will. We can't live a righteous, holy life, nor can we defeat sin in our flesh by our own will or strength. It's impossible. God's Word tells us the only way we can stand is to stand in Him and in His power, not in my flesh. God has given us the authority, the power, and the ability to be victorious. You can't be victorious any other way. All right, church, we got to step into this and what he's saying to us. The only way that you and I will be in victory this week is to stand according to what God says, and he gives us specific directions in this passage of Scripture. Being strong in him, we have to put on the armor of God. Ladies and gentlemen, as we look at the passage, what he told us is, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power, put on all of God's armor. So as we think about that, God says, I've given you everything you need. I've provided victory for you to stand. It's in the armor. Now you need to put it on. It's on us now. Church, it's on us to be equipped to stand. So as we look at this and we think about what God's saying, I want to step back for a minute and say that many years ago, 2009 to 11, when we were beginning Full Throttle Ministries in prayer rides, that was 2006, I think, was our first blessing. 2009 to 11 was when we started our prayer rides, and we began by going to Sedona. Kim and I uh, would go up without the group at, periodically as, as we were beginning to build relationships with people and pray over them up there. We had a, a few of us going up for a second or third or fourth or fifth, whatever route this was, going up to the prayer time in Sedona. And as we went, God was speaking to me on the motorcycle. Kim was behind me. We were riding up on 17. If you ever been up the highway up there, and we were going across that flat plateau that's up there at the highest level, and the Lord said to me, I want you to knight them when you get there. And I was like, okay, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking like, I've seen that in movies where they come and, you know, they put a sword on them and knight them. And uh, I know it was God. And I said to Kim, I'm like, 
The Lord's telling me in the night then when we get there. She's like, okay. So we want to pull over to get gas. And I called ahead to the house we were going to. I said, hey, does anybody have a sword there? If they do, please have it available when we get there. Now, it's kind of a weird thing, you know. I mean, I don't know what they were thinking on the other end, but I didn't say nothing else to them. All I know is when we got to the house, there was a group of people there waiting for us. And we walked in, there was a sword laying on the table right there in the doorway. I was like, God, you are so good, man. We had this prayer time together, and at the time, all I, I didn't know nothing. I'm just doing something out of obedience. I said, and this isn't biblical, and I'm not trying to make it. Just stay with me. So I asked uh, for the leaders of their church to come forward. I'm not even sure if the pastor and his wife were there. They might have been. I don't remember. All I remember is, you know, saying, hey, I don't know what, what's going on, but God told me to do this tonight, you, so come on forward. And so the only thing I knew was, you know, I knight you. So I just took the sword, hit him on the shoulders. I knight you, I knight you, I knight you. You know, there's a little group, a handful of people there and did it. So obviously we come home and I'm thinking like, oh, Lord, why did you have me do this? You know, what is that? And I began to look into the history of it. And I know that Hollywood and the devil has always gotten involved to mess up stuff God does. But in the beginning when knighting took place, it was a pretty awesome thing. And it was really spiritually driven pretty amazing actually so you know um knights were warriors and uh, they were defenders of the nation and so when it started what happened was the knights were to bring their armor before they were knighted into the church and their armor was placed on the altar it's so cool this is what i mean about how cool god is he's so amazing you can look this up in Google later. I'm telling you the truth, okay? They brought their armor and they placed it on the altar. Whoever was going to be knighted would go home and take a bath. They would wash and they would fast and pray through the night. They would come before either the king himself or clergy and they would present themselves there in the church. And they're at the altar. <laughs> so cool. They'd put on their armor. And they would get equipped right there. And then they'd be knighted. And as they were knighted, they made an oath and a covenant that they would defend the church, that they would stand for truth and justice, and they would protect women. And they would honor them. Now, the cool thing, church, as you look back on this, I want you to know that the, I love this stuff, man, because, see, the, the knights then when they would go out and come back and, and live their life and stuff, they were the only ones allowed to bring their weapons into the house of God because they'd made a covenant with him to be the defender of the church. They were warriors of God and nation and the weak. So as I look at them, I'm like, God, no wonder you had me do that. You're asking us in the church to step up to be the warriors that you've called us to be, to understand that you have already laid out the armor for us. It's right there at the altar. He tells us in the Word, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the full armor of God that you might be able to stand. And I'm like, Lord, I'm so blessed and excited the fact that you have provided for me the the full armor that I can put on myself and stand as a warrior for the king and let everyone know that this is a safe place to come to for I represent the king of kings and lord of lords I am all his and I'm all in and I'm here for his glory and purpose 
He's amazing. Church, it's so cool when you look at what God's saying to us. When I look back in that, I was like, man, God, it is so amazing how you put things together when we listen. So church, please right now, listen. This is like so incredibly important for us. God doesn't put it on us. He provides it, but we have to put it on. That's what God's word just told us. Stand in all his power and might. Put on the full armor of God. So church, we have to adorn ourselves with what God has provided. We have to equip ourselves for the battle that is coming. Now, we're not doing it on our own strength. Again, it's coming to God and allowing what God has provided for us to equip us so that we can stand. Now, as we look at that, it's not a human battle. The Word of God tells us it's not human on human conflict that's going on. God tells us it's way past that. So when we look at it, we have to learn as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, standing in His truth, that you and I have to look past the flesh. We've got to learn as spiritual people of God to look past the human, and we have to understand there is a real spirit world that is behind that. You know, there's a lot of Christian people in churches today that don't even believe a spirit world exists. There were people in Jesus' day in the church that didn't believe it. They were the Sadducees. They didn't believe it. And they were some of the leaders in the church. Church, there is a real spirit world that is actively engaged in a war over you and I between God and Satan, and that is a real battle that is going on. And the Word of God tells us that we need to see through the flesh the physical things around us to know there is something else happening that is trying to destroy you and I and defeat us and who we are in Christ. Now, as we look in God's Word, He says, we've got to learn to look past the flesh, past the person, past that individual, past the politics, past the addictions, Because you see, that's the fleshly, tangible, personal stuff. And look behind it. Because behind every one of these things, there is a spiritual entity at work. It is. See, addictions are spiritual. Yes, they affect the physical. I'm not denying that. But you understand that there is a spiritual battle that is happening to destroy us. Man, as we look at this, we've got to learn as Christians to look past the physical into the spiritual, and then we will learn how to be victorious in that moment. So just reflect back for a minute, and all of us remember or heard about this as Jesus is doing His stuff with the disciples. He lets them know, I'm about to go to Jerusalem to be crucified. I'll be handed over to Gentiles, and I'm going to die. And Peter says, Lord, that's not the way it's going to be. That's not going to happen. See, Peter's reacting in his flesh to something that doesn't sound right to him. And therefore, he's moving in that moment to like stop what Jesus is saying. We all know, looking back, that's why Jesus came. Peter didn't know. He didn't have a clue. Listen, Jesus turns to him, and you remember these words? Get behind me, Satan. For you do not seek the things of God, but of man. Think about it. So he's saying to him, what you're speaking is fleshly words. 
and you're sinking in your flesh and you're human and you're working in that realm. But Jesus says, I see something greater and I know what God is doing and I know what this is all about. Therefore, Satan, I know that that message is not from Peter, but from you to try and stop me from accomplishing what God has planned for the redemption of humanity. Isn't that awesome? You see, he didn't say, Peter, you're Satan. No, he heard the message coming through and knew where it came from. Too often in the church, we see the messenger as Satan instead of the message. And that's what causes division. That's what causes marital breakups. That's what causes all the brokenness that is functioning in the church is because we begin to see the messenger as Satan. The object as Satan instead of what's behind it. And if we in the Christian community would begin to see what God has revealed to us and understand that there is a war behind this and the enemy is always trying to cause division and brokenness and divisiveness. And he does this through gossip and through turmoil and through anger and words and all these things that happen. If we in the church would see this and understand that it is not that person, it's not their words, it's the enemy trying to get me to react to the message. We can live in victory if we want to. We can stand in truth or we can follow that lie. Okay, church, it's a real spiritual battle that's going on. And we need to understand that there's victory in Christ alone. The, the source behind all of that stuff is always a spiritual source. Sin entered the world through a spiritual battle that took place in the Garden of Eden. So listen, church, as we we revisit that again for just a moment, that battle that started there continues in the same context even today. So when we look back at that original conflict that took place, there is this point at which Satan is trying to deceive And this is what happens. Listen to it. In Genesis 3, we're just going to pick up a little part of it here so because we don't want to get lost. We want to stay on on focus here. Here's what Satan says to him. Says this to Eve. Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? So think, think that through. Let that sink in for a minute. So here's what Satan does. He says... Is it true you can't eat any of the fruit from any of the trees? He knew that wasn't what God said. Eve knew that wasn't what God said. But what the enemy was trying to do is to bring her into a conversation with him. Church, stop dialoguing with the enemy. He's a liar and a deceiver, and you can't stand in your own strength. This is what's happening here. He's inviting her. He's baiting her into a conversation about God and God's Word. Obviously, the statement is ridiculous. God didn't say don't eat any of the fruit of any of the trees in the garden. God gave them all of that as food. Only one did He say no. Now listen, Satan knew that there was a boundary. He knew what the boundary was and he knew what tree it was. He knows the truth. So did Adam and Eve. 
Adam and Eve knew exactly where God had drawn the boundaries. Listen as we continue reading. Remember, this is Satan's question. Can he eat the fruit? And Eve says back, of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. The woman replied, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Church, please hear this. They knew exactly the boundaries God had established. They knew where they needed to live and function. They knew what was acceptable and okay with God, and they knew what wasn't. Me and you know the same thing. We do. The Holy Spirit has revealed God's truth to us, and we know what is acceptable to God and what is not. God's Word says so, and we're going to get to that in a minute, but I want us to stay right here in this moment. In this conversation, remember how the enemy is just trying to bait her into a conversation about what God says, what God's saying. Now he begins to say, you know, hey, listen, you won't die. Directly denying God's word. First thing that Satan does. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Church, he speaks some truth. Their eyes would be open. They wouldn't know good and evil. That was truth. So the enemy laces his deception with truth. But it's only partial truth. So Satan undermines God's truth, laces his own lie with partial truth speaks what God says but in his own twist tells them their eyes will be open here it is you know they ate it their eyes were open what he said was true they saw good and evil they saw that they were now evil shame entered their hearts think about it church what did they do? They clothed themselves. Remember, they put leaves together. Remember, it was only them. It was only them. They'd already seen each other. It wasn't like they didn't know what each other looked like, but they hid. See, they, they knew they were exposed, and all of a sudden they knew something was not right. See, what happened was they died inside. The breath of God left. They were going to physically die as well. But in that moment, the obedience to God brought death within them and the relationship, not only with God, but with one another. Brokenness entered. Let's go back to the armor now. As Christians, listen to what God's Word tells us now. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Church, as believers, listen to what God's Word is warning us. He's telling us there is a real war going on, and it is about you and me. It's between God and evil, but we have become the very object of the battle. 
Why? Because we were created in God's image and likeness and we were given dominion of the planet. But we surrendered that and therefore Satan took authority of this place. And because we surrendered it to him and gave it to him, God has given us the ability now to step back up into our rightful place. As men and women of God, we can take that place of authority in Christ and stand and rise above the evil one that sin has brought the the, the destruction of all humanity upon. You and I can now stand above, rise above that by the power of God. Satan has no more dominion over us. Church, we need to stand in the victory that God has provided for us, putting on the full armor of everything that He has given to us. That's how it happens. Listen, the Word of God continues against mighty powers in the dark world, in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Isn't that awesome? Church, God didn't say go out there and chase the enemy down. He said, come on, equip yourself, put on everything I provided. You've got to do this now. Put it all on so that when the enemy comes, you'll be able to stand. You don't have to look for a fight. It's coming. It's coming. The spirit of darkness is coming against us as believers because he hates God and he wants to destroy everything that represents God. And that's who you and I are. The battle will come to us, but we've got to stand and you and I can't stand on our own. We can only stand in God's power and might and we will only stand victorious when we have equipped ourselves with the full armor of God. The enemy is going to attack. And if you are vulnerable in any place, that's where he's heading. Put on the full armor. If you are not fully equipped, you're going to be wounded. You're going to be broken. The battle will not go well for you. However, we can always be victorious because God has given us that victory when we stand in Him. So let's look at the next verse as we... Go on in this section of Scripture. Listen, we'll, we'll back up to verse 13. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll be standing strong. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. Put on the belt of truth. So when I was reading through this and I'm thinking like, I never put my belt on first. I don't need a belt to go on first. I need all my other stuff. And then the belt kind of holds everything in place, right? So when you look and you go into the biblical times and you're talking about equipping yourself for battle, the belt had to go on first. So here's the deal. When guys would wear their their dress of the day, they actually had like robes, right? And a robe is cumbersome in the fact that you can't really move well in it. So they would have to pull that robe up and put it around themselves so that their legs were free and they could move and navigate well. So now when he says, put on the belt of truth, that belt held all that in place, but it didn't just hold that all in place. It also had a place for the sword and many of them connected the breastplate to the belt and all these things connected so that it would all work together. All right, so like 
put that in your head for a second. Understand that God's saying to us, the first thing you have to have is the belt of truth. The belt of truth. So as I was thinking about that, I'm like, God, that is amazing because you see everything about our faith depends on truth. Everything. And the truth is that God is God. God's word is God's word. Jesus Christ is the savior of the world. He died on the cross for us and he rose on the third day. Ascended to the Father and sent the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost to live and dwell in believers, to give us exactly what we need to live a victorious life. Church, that's truth. That is our belt. Everything hinges upon that truth. That is why the world, the enemy, the deceiver always picks at that truth. What truth? Jesus Christ. Every time. That is exactly where it is. See, false faiths, will only use portions of truth, portions of Jesus. Just like the enemy, remember? Has God really said? Is this the way it is? Like that little bit of truth. You're going to know good and evil. Yeah, that's truth, but it's not all truth. Therefore, it's not truth. So as we consider what God is telling us about this whole thing and understanding that this battle that is before us, the only way that we can stand is when we're fully equipped, but it begins with truth. Because, see, church, without the belt, nothing works. The belt of truth. Now I'm saying, like, Lord, what is the deal? This is what he says to us. We will always stand, and we will stand fully equipped when we stand in the truth of who he is and what he says to us. Jesus said this in John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Right? Church? Jesus Christ said, I'm that truth. God's word says, put on the belt of truth. If you don't have Jesus Christ, first and foremost, you're not going to make it. You're going to fall. Jesus goes on in that very same chapter, John 14. And this is what he tells the disciples and all of us. He says, I'm going to be leaving here, but don't worry. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. In John 14, 17, this is what he tells all of us. Hear it. He, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the advocate, is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. John fifteen twenty six. But I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. John sixteen thirteen. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Ladies and gentlemen, The only way you are saved today, if you are born again believers, because the Holy Spirit has called you to the truth. You are only saved because you have believed that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, that He's the one and only Savior of the world, that He is God and that God has reached out to you in love and you have responded to Him. The only thing we did is said, yes, and I agree and I accept. God did all that for us and He is truth. Once you establish that truth, you are now in a relationship with God of full standing. Now, church, as we stand in that relationship with Him, knowing who He is, He tells us, I've given you all that you need to stand victorious in this truth. Church, 
We have got to stand in the truth of who Jesus Christ is in our life and you and I will no longer fall at every little whim the enemy whispers at us or any battle that we come against. We will stand in victory in Jesus Christ for He is truth and we stand in His power and He's equipped us so that we can. Church, we've got to stand in it. All truth hinges on Jesus Christ. He is the foundation or the belt that holds it all together. It is all about Him. Alright, so anyway. So we've been given everything we need, right? It's where it tells us in the Word of God. It's up to us to be fully equipped. Second Peter chapter 1. Listen as the Apostle Peter writes to the Christian church. By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. So just pause for a second and let that sink in. What God said is, I've piled all the armor you'll ever need right there at the altar. It's right there. I've done everything for you. It is available. Remember when we go back to that whole equipping for the battle thing? And it says, stand in the, in the mighty power of God, like in His power, not yours. Then God says, I've provided everything you need. And Jesus said, the Holy Spirit's coming. He's the Spirit of truth. He's going to guide you in the truth. He's going to equip you. He's going to empower you. Why did Jesus say for the disciples, wait until you're equipped with power. The Holy Spirit will come. Then you'll be my witness. Don't go out there in your flesh. You can't do it. Wait. And when the Holy Spirit came, bam, they were empowered and they went out and spoke the Word of God in boldness. Why? Because now they were equipped to be warriors for the King of kings and Lord of lords. That's why, church, they were a warriors. They were warriors for the kingdom. Now as we look at this, by His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him. The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. Isn't he awesome? Everything he's done, he's done it all. We just have to take it and use it. It's available. Let's continue reading. Ephesians 6 again. Verse 14, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, the body armor of God's righteousness. That's if, if some of you maybe don't connect that if you have some of the other older translations this is the breastplate of righteousness for shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared in addition to all of these hold up the shield of faith to stop the fire arrows of the devil put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit which is the word of god fully equipped fully armored ready for battle Church, there's no reason for any of us to walk out of this service today out into that world and be defeated. There's no reason we don't get up tomorrow morning victorious and go through Monday victorious and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. Church, we've got to stop and equip ourselves. Put it all on. It's available to us, but we've got to put it on. That's the discipline of me and you in our relationship with God, accepting what God has done, not seeing the fleshly world, but looking past and understanding that I'm engaged in a conflict that is beyond this moment, beyond what I see in the physical realm, and it's real. It's very real. I'm on my action steps, so let's see what we got here. Have you accepted... Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Is He your belt of truth? If He's not, you can today. You need Him. 
And I'm asking you to just come to Him today if you don't know Him. He will hold everything together for you when you let Him. He is amazing. Are you putting on the full armor? Are you vulnerable in any of those areas? When you think about that, the breastplate of righteousness, the, the shotting of the feet with the peace, you know, they used to wear those shoes that would go all the way from their toes up to their knees, and they were leather, so they could be mobile and move, but they were also protected. Church, we've got to be all in and all ready. But we've got to get ourselves equipped for the battle that is before us. Are you standing victorious? Have you been defeated this week? Have you suffered loss in the battle? You personally, I'm talking about. Because you don't have to. The altar's open. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. This is all open here. This is wet from a baptism. So if you want to come up here and kneel, just come over on each side of that. And let's come before Him tonight. This morning, sorry. And let's come to what God has called us into, which is to be fully equipped and ready to go out and stand for who He is in our life. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we come before you and we thank you for these that are moving, hearing the Holy Spirit call, stepping into the truth of who you are in our life and being fully equipped for the battle that is before us. For Lord, we know that when we stand in your power and in your might, we stand victorious. Lord, we completely surrender and depend upon you. And now in this moment, God, we receive from you what you've provided for us. The salvation of truth, God, that forgiveness of our sins, the power that comes through standing in you and through you and by you. And Lord, we rebuke the enemy in Jesus' name and know that he is a defeated foe and that we stand in authority of Christ and we stand with you. I pray for my brothers and sisters that they would be strengthened today, that when we go out into this world to know that we are victorious, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Lord, as we serve you faithfully as a church, we love you and we thank you for this moment in our lives with you. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, guys. Thank you for being here today. Thank you, guys, for being here at the altar. You stay as long as you need to. God loves you. God bless you today.